0: I got up on Wednesday morning and turned the news on. That's nothing new for me. I do that most most mornings. And uh, I heard this piece as soon as I was turning the TV on. And uh, the interviewer was uh, down at I think it was uh, Reagan Airport. And he was interviewing some people and he was saying the person who was being interviewed says, if you're traveling this Thanksgiving be prepared for delays. Pack your patience and the interviewer asked, well, why? And he gave these reasons. He said, number one, there's a pilot shortage. We don't have enough pilots. A second thing is, he said, we don't have enough cabin crew. We don't have enough aircraft controllers. And we don't even have enough airplanes. He said, Boeing and Airbus can't produce enough airplanes fast enough. He said, so just be ready for delays if you travel. Well, that seemed to fit the theme of what I wanted to do this morning because there have been so many times in my life, and I'm probably the only one here in this room that has ever asked God, why have things been delayed when I know it's within your power to make it happen? You've never asked God that question, right? I'm the only one. God, why, when something seems to be perfectly within your will and within your power to accomplish, why? Why? Doesn't it happen now? We know it's not pilots. We know it's not enough planes. We know that God can do it. But why? Now, over the last month or so, I've been talking to you about dreams and then decisions. And so we're going to hit another D today. You already know what it is, right? Delay. Why, when God gives us a vision for something, a dream for something, and then we make the decision we're going to partner with God and we're going to move forward in this thing, why does it happen so often that there's a delay? Why doesn't things seem to happen the way we'd like them to happen? There's so often a waiting period. Dreams are not fulfilled immediately. Let's do a little review. Each of the last several weeks now, I've I've used some of these same examples. Abraham was given the dream of being the father of a great nation, but he had to wait 75 years before he had the first baby, before he had a son to fulfill that. I mean, come on, you're given a dream to do something, you're going to wait 75 years for it? David is anointed king as a young man, and then Saul chases him all over the countryside for years before he's actually gets to the throne and becomes king. Joseph is told early on, you're going to become the most important ruler in all of Egypt. And then he's thrown in prison. Go figure that one out. We have these delays. We have these waiting periods so often when we know things can happen. And probably the classic story of delay is the children of Israel and getting into the promised land. Now, you've been told this, I'm sure, many times before. People tell me that in two weeks' time, I can walk between Egypt and Israel Two weeks. It can be done. How long did it take them? Forty years. They went like this. They went all over the place. It was a delay. In Exodus 13, verse 17, it says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them directly, though that way was shorter. For God said, If they face war... They might change their minds and return to Egypt. They were delayed on purpose. They were delayed on purpose. God uses delays at times to prepare us for other events, for things he has planned for us. The Israelites weren't prepared for war, and God was afraid that if they went to war, they'd want to return to captivity and that was not God's plan. The del- delay there was designed by God. God also uses delays to test us and all of God's people said amen, amen. <laughs> I mean that's, uh, you know, I mean there have been times in my life when I, I just know this this is experienced guys talking okay this is just the way life is for me. God led you through the wilderness for 40 years testing you to find out how you would respond and if you would obey him. I mean this Maybe this is a fireside chat. Maybe I just almost sit back here and say, "Okay, you know, do we need to talk about this one for a while? You know, how do we respond when the challenges of life come?" How do you and I respond to delays? God says it's a test of faith. Your test of maturity is how well you handle the waiting rooms. We talked about that a few weeks ago, the waiting rooms of life. Sadly, the children of Israel flunked the test. They didn't pass. They didn't do well in that waiting room. Of all of the millions of people who left Egypt to head to Israel, the promised land, how many adults made it into the new land? Caleb and Joshua, right? All the others died in the desert because they were disobedient. When we go through Are we obeying God? Are we listening? And I want to put what we do up here. What do we do while we're waiting, as we're waiting for a new pastor? I want to say, I'm going to give you four things. The first thing is this. Don't be afraid. This may seem like a strange one. I I struggled with this one as I wrote it down, but the more I I worked with it, the more I played with it, the more true I think it really is. Um, I think this is the first mistake that the Israelites made, Um, There are a lot of reasons for delays in life. But, I mean, just look at the scripture verse. They would not enter the land. They said, we're afraid. The people there are stronger and taller than we are. The reason, the first delay that was reason for the delay was they were afraid. They were afraid to listen to God. They were afraid if they did listen to God, what it might mean. Ever been there? I have been. Lord, you're asking me to do this, but you know if I do it, there might be consequences that I don't like. I could sit here and tell you stories from my life, but just let a few of your own run through your mind right now. Fear can paralyze us. Many of our dreams are never fulfilled because we're afraid to take that first step. God says don't fear. Fear causes the delays in your life and keeps you from moving forward. The antidote to fear is to focus on God, to focus on God's presence. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I said that earlier. Realize that God is always going to be with you. He just says it. I've never tried to prove this. I've heard it said and I've read it enough times that there are 365 fear-nots in the Bible. I haven't looked them up. I don't know that it's true, but I've read it enough times. I assume it's probably true. 365, how many days in the year? 365. In other words, every day that you fear, there's probably something written in the Bible that will deal with your fear. It's probably there. Don't fear, but focus on God's presence. And uh, I want to give you this verse of Scripture to think about. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. What's he going to do? Strengthen you, help you, uphold you. When we're going through these fear times, God says, I will be with you. So the first thing is, don't be afraid. The next one is, don't worry. Easier said than done, right? Okay, show of hands. I don't ask, often ask for a show of hands, but how many of you are warriors? Yep. My mother's lying. She didn't put her hand up. <laughs> and we worry when we get into delays, don't we? You know, if things just don't go the way we want, we begin to worry. We fear. We get stressed out when we start to gripe. Isn't that a great word? I like the word gripe. I am so much happier. I can deal with delays. Um, Driving the speed limit is okay. Driving the speed limit is not okay. Under the speed limit is not okay. I didn't say driving over is not okay. I said driving under the speed limit is not okay. Somebody who sits in the passenger seat next to me will hear me gripe all the time. For crying out loud, the speed limit along here is 40 miles an hour. Why are they going 32? It's driving me nuts. (laughs) It makes me feel better if I can gripe. Isn't that right? If I can complain about something, it maybe makes me feel a little bit better. On the way, the people lost their patience and spoke. They griped against God and Moses they complained that's what the scripture says and that's kinda typical of you and me isn't it but this was the sin that kept them out of the promised land they just griped all the time no matter what God had done for them They complained about the journey. They complained about the delay. They complained about the hardship. They complained that there was no water. God miraculously gives them water. They complained about the food. God gives them food. They complained that they didn't like the food. They just complained. God says, don't fret. Don't worry. Don't get uptight about it. When we really grumble is when we're waiting for God to act. We get in a hurry, but God doesn't. The writer of Proverbs says this, impatience will get you into trouble. When you get impatient, we start trying to work things out on our own. You get a dream from God, and we decide we're going to move forward in it. And then we say, but Lord, it's not working fast enough. Now I'll tell you a little story for a minute since I'm sitting here in my fireside chat chair. Back a lot of years ago, more than 50 now, I had a very clear, unmistakable call into pastoral ministry. I thought that growing growing up in the Church of the Nazarene, because that's where I was born, I, I've said all my life, you know, I was born on a Sunday, and the next Sunday I was in church. And somebody said to me fairly recently, who knew my mother way back when, they said, "No, you were in church all nine months before you were born." <laughs> I just thought, as a good Nazarene boy, I'd go to Nazarene Theological Seminary. I got an application, brought it down to my alma mater at Eastern Nazarene College, and had the the uh, registrar put a transcript in with that, and it was mailed off to Nazarene Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. After about a month or so, I hadn't heard from them, so I called and said, "Uh, my application is, what's the status? And they said, we don't have an application from you. I immediately filled out another application, got in my little car. That was my Corvette back then. That little car went very quickly down to Eastern Nazarene College that afternoon. And I sat there, and I had a stamped self-addressed envelope, the registrar, put the transcript in it, and I saw that with my own eyes go in the out tray to be mailed. Another month later, we don't have any application. We don't have any transcripts from you. We have nothing from John White. Well, we're living in Saugus at the time, and I'm saying, well, if I've got a call to ministry, I've got to do something about this. There are seven seminaries in the greater Boston area, and I went to Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary in South Hamilton, Massachusetts, and applied there and got accepted right on the spot. And I went right in and became a student at Gordon-Conwell the most miserable semester of my educational experience. It was a miserable semester. I didn't do well. I'm a reasonably good student. I struggled. You see, I wasn't where God wanted me to be. I was trying to open doors. I was trying to push them down, and it wasn't the right place. God was opening a door for me to go to school in England. Duh. It only took two years for that to happen, but it was the right place in God's timing. And among the collateral things, if I had never gone there, I would have never met her, and we would never be married, and... So often when we worry, we try to push doors open that we shouldn't be. Don't fret. Instead, trust God's timing. In this psalm, rest in the Lord and patiently wait for him to act. Don't fret and don't worry. It only leads to harm. You kind of notice I load my script my, my sermons with scripture huh So it's not just me giving you stuff, it's what God's word says. Don't fret, don't worry. it only leads to harm. Worry doesn't work. So stop worrying and start trusting God. God has set the right time for everything. Don't be afraid, don't worry. Next one is this, don't get discouraged. When we go through the delays of life, we need to be reminded not to get discouraged, not to lose heart, don't give up. In Numbers we read this, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses, if only we had died in Egypt how about that we should choose a leader a new leader and go back to Egypt and, and you know I've told you this before uh, one of my f- favorite that, that's a joke okay but one of my enjoyable v- verses of scripture is right around here it says so they can go back to the leeks and cabbages of Egypt I mean that's the, that's the meal they want leeks and cabbages. What are you having for lunch today, guys? I doubt that many of you are going to have leeks and cabbages. But, you know, they were struggling. They were struggling emotionally. And they were saying, if only. They had been in captivity for 400 years. And that seemed like it was a better choice than freedom with God. Because they didn't know what was going on. If only, it says, if only means. We start to second-guess ourselves, if only. But if God has given you a dream, keep moving forward in it. They say, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to the good old days. What's good about the old days? Not much, is it? It's just that they're over. That's the best part of the good old days. They're, they're past. We've got to live in today. They want to go back to Egypt, but it's not the right thing to do. They want to settle for less than God's best for their life. Instead of fainting, we need to be persistent and pray. Remember that God told Joshua? Yeah, let's, let's think about that story. God told Joshua to march around Jericho and the walls would fall down, right? Did it happen the first time he did it? No. Did it happen the second day he did it? No. Did it even happen on the seventh day he did it? No. Not until the seventh day on the seventh time before the walls came down. Be persistent. Sometimes, just because God says it's going to happen, doesn't mean it's going to happen right this minute. It may take some time before God opens the right door for you at what is his right time. Calvin Coolidge said this, Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. There is nothing more common than unsuccessful men and women with talent. Genius will not, education will not. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. In Galatians, we read this, Let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Jesus said something incredibly similar to that when he said this, you need to pray continually and not lose heart. We can get discouraged so easily by what's going on in our lives, at home, at school, work, whatever, health, but don't give up. And the last thing I want to say to you is this, don't forget. During the delay, time causes us to forget so many things. When we're in a delay, we tend to forget our dream. We tend to forget that God has done in our lives. We tend to forget God's goodness to us in the past. We tend to forget that God is with us. We tend to forget that God has power over what's going on around us. We tend to forget how important it is that we stay in God's strength, and we start focusing on our problems, and the list goes on and on and on. The Bible says, don't forget. And this was the fourth mistake that they made. In Psalm 106, they forgot the many times God showed them his love, and they rebelled at the Red Sea, but he saved them, as he promised, but they quickly forgot again. They wouldn't wait for God to act. Think with me a little bit about the progression of what took place. Ten plagues in Egypt, and the Israelites are spared those plagues. They seem to forget for as soon as they come up against the red sea, oh no, we're all going to drown. They forgot that God had taken care of them through these 10 other things. The sea opens and they walk through on dry ground. Shortly after that, oh no, we're dying of thirst. And God miraculously provides water. Oh no, we're dying of there's no food. And God provides manna. And it's one oh no after another. They kept forgetting what God had done. Has God ever done anything for any of you? I think the very fact that we're sitting here together right now is probably some living testimonies. And yet at times, I, I won't say we, I tend to forget what God has done in the past because I get concerned over what's going on right now. My dear friends, do I really want to be here with you this morning? Well, yeah, I want to be here with you, but I want to be down there. I don't want to be up here. I don't want to be filling in as your pastor. I don't want to be a fill-in. I've been retired for too many years for crying out loud. But God has promised he has been faithful in the past, and I am not going to forget that he has been faithful to me and to you and to this church, and he will be faithful into the future. I believe that with all my heart. Remember that God cares remember that instead of forgetting remember about God's care and remember about his promises remember those 365 I said that are there in scripture one of them is this I will bless the Lord and not forget the great things he does for me he does do great things for us And how about this one in 2 Peter? The Lord is not slow. We think he is. The Lord is not slow in doing what he has promised. (laughs) He's just being patient with you and me. What scripture say? A day with the Lord is like a thousand years to us, and a thousand years with the Lord is like a day to us. His timing is just so very, very different. You ask, why isn't God fulfilling his promises to me in my life right now? It could just be he's waiting for you. He's just waiting for you to understand that he's there and he knows what's going on. He has a purpose. What is it that you're waiting for, for God to do right now? What is the problems? What are the challenges? What are the things that in your own private prayer life, that you're maybe the personal things, for your family, what is it that you're waiting for God to do? Maybe you've been waiting for God to bring the right person along. Maybe you've been waiting for God to turn a crisis into a solution. God has not forgotten. And a delay is not a denial. You may remember me saying this to you a month ago when the Lord, when I said that the Lord is saying that. Not now does not necessarily mean no. We need to wait for him. I want to close with uh, this scripture up here. Uh, and I want to, I'm going to read it to you in a couple of different versions. The first one is this from the Living Bible. These things won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. And I want to read it to you from the paraphrase known as the message. I'm not going to have it up there. I want you to listen to the words. I don't don't have it printed on purpose. Just listen to these words. And then God answered, Write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what is coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on the way. It will come right on time. God's time. The things you've waited for in your life, God will bring to fulfillment if you remember not to be afraid, not to worry, not to get discouraged. And not to forget who your Savior is. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. For words, Lord, that I have found in the Old Testament. For promises there. For words in the New Testament. For promises there. That kind of talk to me a little bit about this waiting period that we are in as a church right now. That we don't get discouraged. We don't try to run ahead of you. And Lord, if it takes... Lord, if this coming Thursday, when the board meets with the district superintendent and we just see something that jumps out at us and says, No, this is the person, and we are absolutely united and we move forward with that, Lord, great. But if we look at all those resumes and we don't have any unanimity among us whatsoever, Lord, help us just to wait. And not worry, not fret, not try to run ahead of you, not say, well, let's just get someone to get someone. But Lord, help us to trust you and know that in your timing, it's going to be right. Lord, I pray now your blessing on us this day that we may be a a blessing for you. And Lord, I feel like saying an extreme blessing for you that somebody might get to know you a little bit better today because they get to know us a little better. Lord, now for your blessing through us, I ask it in Christ's name. Amen.